Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Totoro accusing Paul Bearer of stealing. Stealing Yoko Zuna. Hey, I'm ready. Right foot back. <laughs> Begins with a U. It ends with an A. Has a meal dish up there. Monday Night Raw, number one. All right. Welcome, everyone, to episode 101. Like the Dalmatians of the Cultaholic Classic Raw review. As the other Cultaholic lads get set to say farewell to The Undertaker, or rather, see you in Saudi Arabia, mate. We are here via our Ica Pro powered DeLorean saying hello to the hundreds. How did that happen? See you in Saudi Arabia, mate. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, the former Cultaholic heavyweight champion, Tom Campbell. I am with. I'm honoured to be with the bear in the blue bar cage, the head pen of Cultaholic, Titan Shrugged of Cultaholic, the man who has had no requirement for a pencil in his life. In fact, word was when he started uh, starting to crawl, the first place he crawled to was the, the office table in the corner of his home where he saw a pencil desk tidier and knocked it off placed a single pen in its place because he doesn't need a pencil. Since the womb, he's been getting it right every time. He is Justin Henry and he is out of off of America. Well, it used to be the bear in the big blue bar cage, but you forgot but that's the word big out. Have I been downsized without realizing it? Well, I thought you might have lost some weight during lockdown. Oh, I've always been semi-civil. <laughs> I don't really notice much of a difference. Uh, hopefully. I, I, do you know what? I'm proud of the fact that it's 101 before I got that intro wrong, before I missed a beat on that intro. So I'm proud that we made it to 101 before that happened. How the devil are you, Justin Henry? I am doing pretty well. Like yourself, I'm looking forward to seeing Undertaker's... Uh... Uh, hang on, you can't see me doing air quotes over, over a phone, but I'm doing a farewell from professional wrestling. You know, before... Does anyone believe it's a farewell? Uh, no, in, in fact, I'm fully expecting to see him versus Dabakato in a casket match next year's Money in the Bank. <laughs> Mate, that would be the dream. That would be the dream. I've enjoyed the build to this one, though. because Just because it's so different, seeing not just the fact that 
flipping some mate they've been listening to the raw review because karma and quang are going to be at survivor series <laughs> but also the fact that we're seeing undertaker like doing normal interviews on good morning britain challenging piers morgan eating chicken on hot ones it's weird as long-term wrestling fans isn't it justin to see undertaker being a human it is i mean i mean the whole, the whole last ride documentary uh, did humanize him to a degree as well so, I mean, this whole year, for the most part, has been this sort of um, humanization or actually a realization of Mark Calloway as a functional human being that doesn't summon lightning and actually has to flick a light switch when he goes in the room instead of just raising his arms. It's a weird one. What has been your favorite non-Undertaker Undertaker moment? I mean, the match he had with Luger at the Great American Bash that one year where he... Um, it was pretty good. That basically got him hired by WBF to, to a certain extent, although, although it was more because Vince saw him in person and realized this guy looks like a star. But I think what's – if you want to see a, a bit of unusual undertakerness, go back to the 1990 February Clash of the Champions when he teams with Dan Spivey to face the Road Warriors. So you got three guys who would be there before year's end and would all become mega stars and Whale of Mercy. It's, um, it's a weird match because – According to Spivey in a shoot interview, Animal and Hawk were stiffing Taker legitimately because he was some young rookie who who, who wasn't going to stiff him back because he I, I guess he didn't feel it was his place to. So they were they were apparently allegedly take, uh, taking advantage of him. So after the match, Spivey beat the living hell out of both road warriors with a steel chair, especially Hawk, to the point the point where the chair that the, the chair is actually bent bent on an angle like 90 degrees after smashing Hulk's face repeatedly with it. It is nuts. Spivey was just fuming. Just like, he like, here, I'll show you what happens when you uh, take advantage of your opponent. Wow. And that says something about the, the credit that Undertaker had, even at that young age, because you would have had a few younger wrestlers who would have gone through that and they wouldn't have had the, 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 the support of someone like a Dan Spivey. So even at, at a tender age of his career, Clearly, the locker room had his back. Well, not just that, but can you imagine how much longer it, it was before they realized we probably shouldn't be doing this to Mark Calloway? Like, <laughs> like, I can imagine it's been awkward ever since. Imagine someone like in 93 or 94 trying to, you, you know, work stiff with him because they thought they could. That wouldn't last. <laughs> Once he became the locker room See, leader, from... he wasn't going to tolerate any of that. Oh, no way. Abs <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. He became the conscience of WWE from there. Mm -hmm. I remember. I, I think. Um, I don't care what he is. I wouldn't. Not a chance, <laughs> sunshine. He's mahusive. Eleven-year-old uh, Tom would have said his favorite moment of the Undertaker's career was the the night that he won the Battle Royal at the Perdiswell Leisure Centre in Worcester. But of course, you and I know that was the UK Undertaker. And you mm. know what? I haven't got the heart to tell him. Mm. He seemed really excited to see the Undertaker in, in at the Perdiswell Leisure Centre, you know, coming out to the ring next to the swimming pool. And I haven't got the heart to tell him otherwise. Well, I mean, it, it's Taker enough. It may be um, Dollar Store Undertaker, but who cares? It's still Undertaker. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, exactly, yeah. It's like trying to tell Chris Jericho from Wednesday's Diamond that that wasn't the real Elvis that joined the inner circle. <laughs> oh, he was. That was a fun segment, actually. I, I enjoyed the, the random Conan cameo. Mm -hmm. I, I was have, always happy to see K Dog. I have one more Taker moment to throw out here since we're talking human Taker moments. Oh, go on then. The time in, I believe it was Kuwait, when him and Vader were on that morning show, 
And the host, you know, asked the bog standard, and, you know, I think wrestling's fake question, you know, he pulled the stossel. So Vader started throttling him. And here's Taker, the moral conscience of the WWF and the, and, and the supernatural Lord of Darkness. And he just sits there and watches. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Okay, Fabe. <laughs> that, is a, I, that is quite an, an iconic moment, especially for the life and times of Vader, who's no longer with us. Uh, to, to, to attack somebody on television for saying wrestling was fake. Why would you piss Vader off? Or why would you piss Dave Schultz off? <laughs> uh, Undertaker said something interesting. Because I don't know whether... Have you seen Hot Ones yet? The episode he's done where he's eating chicken. I have not seen it. It's very good. It's like Sean Evans is a brilliant interviewer. And mm-hmm. he talks a little bit about how Undertaker has has coped going from this uh, this mysterious character with with the doors shut to suddenly being so open and even undertaker has said that it's it's a process for him because he spent his entire career sort of not doing interviews not doing uh not doing anything other than being the undertaker and now like the doors are opening and he says that whenever he talks about like stuff that happened in the ring behind the scenes stuff he says like there's this inner feeling in his gut that just almost like pulls him away from doing it because it's instinct for him to keep kayfabe and he's done it for so long that he says it's just weird to be talking about it out loud and i almost have to and i almost feel like i have to stop myself can you imagine like like trying to maintain that character for so many years like in public at for appearances and and and, and just having to be on to that degree like I... it's different if you're like you know the new day where you're just naturally happy and gregarious and you just want to love being around people. You can just be yourself basically when Mark Calloway, I mean, even if he is reserved and, you know, quiet, you know, it's still hard to just, you know, put on that facade of just being, you know, this cadaver in, in a costume. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever see the likes of a character. So into the, the gimmick again, I don't think we'll see those likes again, you know, Oh no, it's. I mean, it's weird enough seeing you know Kane as a mayor, but, <laughs> yeah. and, but I mean, at least he got to wear a mask. He he could be making faces the entire time behind the mask, you know. And, and and here's Taker laid bare for all to see, and he's he just maintained that stoicism. I'm like that's that's insane to me. It's amazing. It's amazing. Hey, look, we are, we can't talk about wrestling from t- today. We have to go back to the the unholy era of the new generation and we're back in 1995 and this is the part of the show where we begin our journey back to 1995 soon we will hear from justin Henri, the bear in the big blue bar cage the cage size is important it's also what you do with it that counts and he's going to talk us through this week's episode of monday night raw when and where are we this week justin well the air date was monday march 6 1995 this was taped two weeks earlier at the Civic Center in Macon, Georgia is the end of this taping. We are four weeks away from WrestleMania, and through the course of the show, we learned that there are three matches announced. But what three amazing matches they are, and we'll get to oh, them like, in a bit, just to give you a little um, a little walk around the houses okay. of 1995, this particular week in 1995. Uh, so in the real world, Madonna, take a bow, Celine Dion, think twice, still top. In the music charts in the US and the UK, respectively, they simply will not budge. Uh, Lawrence Caston and Meg Ryan in French Kiss, top of the US movie chart, Justin. Is this one of your favorites? Lawrence Kasdan? 
Again, I, Lawrence, I, 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 I was sorry. It was directed by Lawrence Kasdan. It starred Kevin Klein. Okay, okay. <laughs> but 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 says that makes more sense, doesn't it? Meg Ryan and Kevin Lawrence Kasdan directed it. Oh, apparently Lawrence Kasdan covered a bunch of um Star Wars movies. Oh yeah, so he flipping well did. So so that was not that was top of the charts in the U.S. Did you watch that one? Uh, no, but clearly he's not me. He wrote Star Wars movies, so clearly he ain't making out with Meg Ryan. <laughs> clearly not. Well, he might have done. You never know. <laughs> um, Star Trek Generations was the top movie in the UK. And this is a cool little factoid. This week in the history of the planet, the Yahoo search engine was launched. Oh, soon to be, what, four or five years away from falling second place to Google? I, I know, right? I, I, <laughs> it all started so well. A distant second place. I think it's like Joan Rivers on The Simpsons clan and Homer's car. Help, my dog is not talented. <laughs> I watched that episode the other day, actually. <laughs> well, we see so, them enough that they circulate. Can you remember things that you searched for on the Yahoo search engine in the mid-90s, Justin? How do I get to Google? <laughs> um see back in the 90s what was i looking for um <laughs> when does metallica's next album come out uh, <laughs> nice see pamela anderson jennifer love hewitt what else was that starting? well not back not back then i have uh i have the internet to like maybe 96 ish and but, I mean, yeah, just the stuff that a teenage boy would search for, obviously. I seem to remember searching for when is Space Precinct back on? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was on my own on that one. <laughs> Simpsons wave files. <laughs> yes! <laughs> just like bit crunched, bit crunched wav files of Homer Simpson going, dull, that take 40 minutes to download. <laughs> It's like from a website covered in gifts. It's like what's 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 this thing? MP3. I already have a real audio player. <laughs> I think I might have downloaded um, what was I think I might have downloaded Winamp by searching it through Yahoo. <laughs> well, at least Yahoo was able to serve you once before it faded into oblivion. It certainly did. It certainly did. And I. I, it did serve me very well. God bless it. Fun fact about uh, Yahoo Search Engine. It actually is a is an offshoot of the Yahoo Directory, which was launched the year before by students at Stanford University. And they introduced a search engine function, which allowed users to search just the directory. And uh, it was pushed out onto the web. But it wasn't like a true, as it's called, a web crawling search engine. It was very... Uh, a lot of it was manually done, and and as as you know, the internet expanded at such an alarming rate, you simply couldn't keep that up. And then here comes Google, uh, filled to the brim with algorithms, and lo and behold, that took over. Well, this Yahoo is still doing well today. It's um, it's actually merging with a satellite radio company. It's to be called Yahoo Sirius. <laughs> There's a comedian named Yahoo Sirius. Oh. Um, Oh, I feel I feel bad. There oh, was, so there was. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, an Australian film actor who had very weird hair. But hey, look, let's get into some of the wrestling news from this week in history. <laughs> WWF have announced a pay-per-view for May the 14th. So we talked last time about how WWF are looking to put out more pay-per-views, but do a budget version. Bang for your buck. Uh, that comes out. It's it's coming out the week before Slamboree. So it's a little dig. <laughs> 
at WCW because it's going to be shorter, just shy of two hours, and it's going to be cheaper, about $15. And according to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer, its current working title is In Your Home. In Your Home. In Your Home, according to Dave. I think In Your House does sound better. It sounds so much better, doesn't it? Like, like in your home sounds like a bit, a bit like you've you've broken through through the window. I'm not very happy. Um, in your house, sort of sounds less so, I guess. Sounds like you've been invited in. Home sounds like you've broken in. In your pipes. <laughs> in your bedroom. That's that's weird. Get out, Dub Dub F. This is an interesting strategy, isn't it, by a company that is that is struggling at the moment to put out more consistent pay per views, but at a cheaper price tag, isn't it, Justin? Hindsight being twenty twenty, this was the beginning of the end for my love of wrestling. Oh no! In that sense, because dark ages. Like I know I praise AEW endlessly, somewhat fanboyish, but I have to admit. I love having just four pay-per-views a year because there is something that makes it because it does burn you out, doesn't it? Like take like NXT takeovers are uh, in comparison to you know WWE at its highest. They are really they're pretty infrequent, and that makes them feel more special. Did you do predictions for payback in August? Um, possibly. Name th- I think we did. Name three matches from that show. Uh, the women's tag title match um, between. It was the 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 better the friends, uh, <laughs> fools gold Sasha Banks and Bailey. Chuck Taylor and Trent versus, That's it. That's it. This is Taylor and Brett. Um, it was Banks and Bailey versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Good name. Two more. Okay, two more matches. Um, Keith Lee versus Randall Randall Keith. Name one more. Um. Oh. Um. <laughs> Braun versus Fiend versus Romulus Reigns. All right, good job. All right, name three matches. From- I had to really think of that, but your point stands. Yes. I had to really think about it. Exactly. I had to really like, think about it. Whereas I could I, list off like fully loaded 98 like that. I could tell you the order of elimination for every match from the 1990 Survivor Series, but I couldn't tell you what happened to Hell in a Cell. <laughs> we are burned out from this. We shouldn't do this as a living. No, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> Um, Oh, other news, other wrestling-related television news. According to Dave, AWF debuted on cable TV this past weekend. Uh, Poor cable TV. (laughs) The best part is, if you want to find out what AWF's uh, debut onto cable television was like, the whole thing is available on YouTube for your perusal. Or you can just go to the Brian Zane version and and, and he'll have a cliff notes all the crap for you. He's very good like that. Is Brian Zane. Yes, he is. Very, very good. Uh, the first show on cable television for AWF, this screams new generation. Bob Orton Jr. is part of that. Uh, Curtis Hughes was there. But this is cool. Gentleman Chris Adams getting a run out, who I think is woefully underrated. In, in, you know, in t- like At the time, like in, in the AWA and places like that, very much revered. Um, but I feel like history's forgotten Chris Adams a little bit. Well, he... Uh... Just reading through Stone Cold's book, for those of you who don't know, he did train Stone Cold. Um, wasn't really the best individual, and there's been a lot of stories since then that have, that have come out that uh, Chris Adams was not a was not a great man by by very many means, but he was supremely talented in the ring. He did train Steve Austin, so there is that, and he was he was definitely a territorial giant, especially in the uh, in the Dallas region. So he he, he had a he, he had a had a mix, but 
had a mixed legacy in wrestling, but a lot, there is a lot of good stuff in there, admittedly. Mm-hmm. Um, two signings to keep an eye on for both the WWF and WCW. Um, WWF possibly bringing in Eric Watts. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> i put in my notes here son of cowboy bill watts and being polite bang average oh dear god no <laughs> he's on his way baby and on the other side hulk hogan is promising an ultimate surprise oh dear god show. no <laughs> do you know who the surprise was initially rumored to be well, they were hinting at Jim Helwig on TV. They did everything short of um, actually actually delivering Jim Helwig. But it's uh, it sure it sure as shit wasn't Jim Helwig. It certainly wasn't Jim Helwig. It was not the Ultimate Warrior. And according to according to Dave and according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, there was a point in time where it was speculated it would be the Road Warriors. Okay, that would have been fine. Mm, that'd have been good, but then Hawk took a whole bunch of bookings in Japan, so that didn't happen. Mm. What uh, what we ultimately got, with all due respect to the late Rick, uh, Rick Wilson, was not good. It was the opposite of good. Mm. It was very. It was it was the opposite of bang average, uh, <laughs> or, or lower <laughs> denominator than bang average. For all of the young guff that the Ultimate Warrior gets, he'd have been a much better payoff than what we got. Certainly would. Certainly would have been. And uh, this is a brilliant. Um, this 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 moment this final moment from me uh, it comes a bit of a future echo weirdly 15 years ago WCW revealed that they were planning to pre-tape a wrestling match for their upcoming pay-per-view uh, as the match was set to take place on the back of a moving truck <sighs> this is the match between Dustin Rhodes and Black Top Bully so and also, not only because it, it meant that there wouldn't be any issues, <laughs> la 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 la, um, but also it would allow them to experiment with with production. So, fifteen years ago, we were getting a taste or, of or cinematic wrestling. Or twenty five years ago. Tw- oh God, it isn't it? Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm old. Um, twenty five years ago, we were getting a, a flavor for cinematic wrestling. You realize Dustin Rhodes just recently wrestled in a bunkhouse match on AEW Dynamite. And and, <laughs> and they can honestly say, he, here he is, the man who wrestled in the first cinematic match in mainstream American wrestling history with Demolition Smash. <laughs> they certainly can. That's it's uh oh I'm excited for us to talk about that when it happens. Oh god. I feel like I feel like if um put this out there into the world, we are looking to do the twelve duds of Christmas again this year. And mm-hmm. I would like an early nomination for that match. Oh, hang on. I, I, I have my nomination list somewhere handy because I, 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 I did write them down. Oh, get in! Hang on. Who have we got? Who have we got? Who have we got? I did write down my four. Let me, let me find it real fast. What did I do with it? 12 duds, 12 duds. Okay, I think I just found it. All right. Okay, so... I actually had that in my four, but if you want, I can come up with something else. No, no, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. As long as we get to do it, three. I don't mind. Should I say my <laughs> other, other three now just for the hell of it? Yeah, go on then. Okay. Hunter versus Slaughter from In Your House, Degeneration X, the boot camp match. Lovely. 
the North Florida removes his belt in order to whip Hunter, and then his pants start falling down. <laughs> uh, the end. The three-way War Games match from Fall Brawl 98 where, where Warrior came in twice. And then Smoke <laughs> kills everyone but Hogan and Stevie Ray. Stunning. And then just with two years of hindsight, DX versus the Brothers of Destruction from Crown Jewel 2018. Oh, chef's kiss. Chef's kisses. So many chef's kisses. That's a quality list. Just when I thought I hit rock bottom, somebody threw me a shovel. <laughs> oh, 12 does of Christmas. Coming soon. Keep an eye on your usual cultaholic channels for that. Uh, so that is the wrestling world this week. Let's hand over to Justin Henry for he will talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Well, I kept. I hope you kept that observer issue open because we may have some stuff to go over regarding uh, the Bigelow LT press conference. Oh, I certainly have, my friend. I certainly have. I, I, I have my edition open as well. We can uh, pour through some of the calamity of errors here. Yes, mate. But they dress it up nice for TV to start out. We have a simple recap where Vince informs us that reporters from major news organizations, he doesn't list any at the start, but we learn some later, are here to cover the Bigelow LT uh, brouhaha for WrestleMania 11. It appears to be a decent turnout. It says, tonight we'll learn more about what happened. There, there's a tease. Says, but, but in addition, we have Sean versus Davey Boy. And I have to say... Remember a couple weeks ago when I was all happy that Sid came back? Yes. Okay. His render, standing behind Sean, you know, like in the match graphics, this is like what's coming up later on. Sid mm -hmm. is cross-eyed. They took the worst possible <laughs> candidate of Sid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they just they just grabbed whatever, didn't they? It 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 is truly like get a pose shot, you know. Of this magnificent monster, but no, here, here he is, like a bit off color. He, he's keeping one eye on the camera lens and the other eye on the fly, and it's um, <laughs> it is, it is bargain basement. This is supposed to be like you know the worldwide leader in, in sports entertainment, and they came and get a posed shot of Sid. <laughs> they never get these right. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether, like, obviously nowadays they have like an entire graphics department, it seems, mm. to get this stuff right. But they just, they, there's so many, like, I feel like, surely, I mean, with the, with the album art for the podcast, if you get the album art on your, on your podcast providers, like, that's me carefully print screening, screen grabbing a moment from that show. Mm -hmm. And... That sometimes takes a couple of goes because I want to make sure that I get a good one that isn't too blurry and they're not cross-eyed. Mm. And, and it's doable. And surely this was doable with technology back then. You would think, but it's... <laughs> it's just... I'm just thinking about the picture now. I'm, 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 just, I'm just laughing because... <laughs> it was like... If I, were, if I were a school photographer on photo day and someone... And, and and that's how that one came out. And I, and I, and I was, like, really sadistic and cruel. I'd like, good kid, good. And to save that one, like, that's yours. <laughs> or maybe they just thought that, like, you know, he, he looks really psychotic in this photo. Let's just use it. Because he's supposed to be a psycho anyway. <laughs> so, we start with Sean versus Bulldog, and... Thank God, because this is, this is probably gonna be the best match we watched in a roll this year. 
I, I, I have to say, I feel you got a bit of revenge here with this opening bit. Right. And I don't think you realize what I'm going into here. Because Vince... I don't, know. Vince does bust out the Rockets Red Glare line for Bulldog's Pyro, which I know winds you up to no end. Yes. But it backfires in a way. Because as we pan out to see the fireworks going overhead, what does the light expose? A bunch of empty seats. <laughs> I put that the crowd was down, but I, I never saw it as like a, ha-ha, the, ro- the rocket's red glare showing seats that are bad. That's not our anthem. A bunch of goddamn empty chairs. <laughs> <laughs> gave proof through the night that people in Macon had something better to do. He gave me throwbacks <laughs> to watching Five Star Wrestling in Newcastle at the <laughs> Metro Radio Arena when they did like, and I, I brought this up a couple of times on our podcast just in over the years, but it just stays with me. Like you're on a, you're on a, a relatively known satellite channel with a wrestling show and you're doing a live event from Newcastle like and you have you've barely sold it out. Why start with a wide shot? Why? Because well, I just remember watching it and you just see hundreds of empty seats and it is hundreds. And I gasped. I was like, "Oh, this is terrible! Don't why 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 do that?" It just and and this gave you flashbacks to five star wrestling. Was it live or taped? That was live. Okay, so that's somewhat forgivable because if it was, oh. if, if it was taped and they still air with it, I mean, I mean, this is taped. This is friggin' taped. <laughs> but here's the thing: somebody was looking down. This is this is what drives me crazy: is that somebody would have been looking down that lens, either physically or via a monitor. And just the fact that there's the, the lack of quality control with that, where somebody would have looked at that shot the way I did, saw all those empty seats, and go. Yeah, that's fine. Hit go. Like, there's no... There's, it's like, come on. Like, it, it just... It's, I, I get very annoyed by quality by, by quality control when it's... When Listen, it's up. you may see 1,800 empty seats, but let me assure you, that is 1,800 empty seats that will not be booing Diesel's comeback sequence. <laughs> I mean, that is true. <laughs> so, we get this weird bit that Vince tries to claim that Bulldog rightfully won the Royal Rumble. On what grounds? Because it's it's this whole thing There's where no you can't grounds. ever exactly. It's 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 doing this bit that we explained last week, where Vince cannot praise the heels for any reason. Like that contingent of fans that was cheering for Owen, Vince says, "Well, clearly Owen must have flown them in from Calgary or something." It was like, I mean, the only possible um, issue that Bulldog might have with that is the fact that they played his music. Okay, that's true. So that's I, I, and and you know what? If it, if you play the music, you're gonna assume you've won the match. I'm actually amazed they didn't come up with um, a storyline where they said when Sean was dangling from the rope, that he he paid off the music guy and said like, "I'm gonna do this, but you have to play the song in order to distract him so that I can sneak back in and win." Like, come up with some big elaborate ruse. Oh, that would have been amazing if they had. That's some Snidely Whiplash stuff right there. <laughs> So it's Sean versus Bulldog in 1995. So unless one of them is loafing it, this is going to roll. And sure enough, Sean is just pinballing all over the place from the start. Manhattan, Manhattan drop, clotheslines, 
Sean is just throwing himself to and fro in a way that only Shawn Michaels can. Goes up and over the corner. Sid picks him up very easily, mind you, and just helps him to his feet. They're really getting over just how strong Sid is, even at ringside, with this match. Sean, He's very good. Yeah, Sean getting beaten up pillar to post. He gets knocked on the floor. Sid basically just like, you know when Cesaro does that Carolyn lift where he just waist locks you when you're on the ground and just picks you up? Sid does that yeah. to Sean here. <laughs> is it Carolyn or Carolyn? I can't remember. It's named for Alexander Carolyn, the wrestler, I believe. Um, so, yeah, we're emphasizing that, yes, Sean can take a beating, but Sid's got his back, and we'll make sure he gets to his feet every time. So, Bulldog, so Sean actually gets Bulldog into a short arm scissors, and Cornette on commentary marks out over this hold, really putting over just, just how – how valuable this hold is for, for keeping a guy grounded, how effective it can be. So that's all well and good. <laughs> Got a funny moment here where Sid tries to quiet the crowd by flapping his arms. Cornette, Sid's trying to fly! I don't know why that <laughs> why that cracked me up the way it did. <laughs> it's like, I could, <laughs> Sid could have been thinking that. We don't know. I think he was. Let's just say that he was. John? <laughs> hey, John's John's head's been Sid's right up his bottom away. this week. It's been right up his bottom this week as John's head because he got a shout out on Monday Night Raw. As he should. As he should. If you didn't see it, splicey splicey. This is this is the Miz asking for a Photoshop. Hey, John. I find that hilarious. Hey, John. Yeah. He wants a picture of himself and Maurice with a dragon. That's right. <laughs> so we. We demonstrate the flaws of tape television in the, in, with this hold here and and just <laughs> how far-fetched things can get because uh, Sean's got the short arm scissors applied. This is a painful hold, even for a guy with massive arms like, like Davy Boy. We go to break with Bulldog trapped. We come back three minutes later, presumably, with Bulldog still in the short arm scissors. <laughs> I'm sensing they may have done some selective editing here. Do you think that they might have chopped a bit of the match out? Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking they just went right from the... There's about three seconds they didn't show, and we come back to, like... Like, he was not in the hold for three minutes. <laughs> he might have been. Sean's got some good legs on him. Well, it's... Come on now. It's like, surely you jest that... Boy, would he, would, he, would he either given up or passed out by now? But this is just an excuse for Bulldog to do the spot that Roman Reigns... Uh, Made a regular thing years later when he gets to his feet while still trapped in the, in, in the short arm scissors and Herc's showing up on his shoulder. I mean, Bob back on the deck for years, but Roman's uh, has the more contemporary version of it. Mm-hmm. Still an impressive spot, nonetheless. So we get, get some more wrestling here. Sean gets backed up over the ropes. Sid catches Sean and doesn't even like flinch or stumble, just catches them and sets them back on the apron. That was impressive. I just sit here, just underrated and understated greatness as, the, as Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. And it's great because he feels so different to Diesel, which I think is the point of it all. Like, he's such a different character. So he's, he, he's stoic in a different way. Mm. And I, I really like him in this role. Like, understated. You know, hindsight being 2020, <clears throat> I wish they had debuted Sid before the Rumble. So that he can catch Sean every time he went he went flying out of the ring. That'd have been a great actually that'd have been a great way to, to have him win the rumble. 
by I mean I mean how would you feel on this instead of him doing the the now iconic sort of hanging dangling spot you have Bulldog hoy him out of the ring but have Sid suddenly appear and catch him and have the commentators go oh my god that's that's psychos that's Sid Justice from off of the past what's he doing here what are you doing here that been and then you do then then you have the payoff on Monday where you go, oh, by the way, this is my new bodyguard. That would have been really awesome, but I see one minor flaw with it. It would have put more focus on Sid than would Sean. Good shout. That's good the, shout. That's the one thing. Other than that, that that would mm. that, have been brilliant, but been a good at, moment, at but that I point, guess. they needed Sean to be the top guy. Yeah. Or maybe have Sid get thrown out during the match so that Sean still saves himself at the end with the um, year elimination. That would have been cool. Either way, I mean, it's, it's it's still a great idea. I mean, Sid's going to be getting, getting title matches throughout the summer anyway, so you, you should be putting him over too. So, yeah, I do see that. Bullock, He'll be busy. He will be busy. Bulldog gets his delayed vertical suplex as Vince. Boy, is this timely. Vince goes on and on about how the baseball season is going to be delayed because of the players' strike. Talks about how, how the scab is going to be playing games for a bit because, you know, <laughs> unions, <laughs> <laughs> god damn it's funny how every time like like stuff like that comes up you can just you can taste vince's like hatred for it because you're not in a union <laughs> it's uh <laughs> and of course Cornette has to get in the obvious show he says sid has hands like softball mitts <laughs> i see what he did there Cornette, although he, he will have a line later on that we have to dissect a little bit Adds so much to this he show. Has a cu- he has a couple, I think, if I remember correctly, which I'm well, excited to get to. Well, there, there's one in particular that gained him infamy years later. Oh, yes! But I, I will say, on the positive sense, Cornette adds so much to a show because even though he's hilarious, and even though he gets in a lot of witty one-liners, his, his primary goal is to put the action over, and he makes that very clear. He will sell... I kind of... I, he does. He, he really does. But there's a... I've realized from watching a fair bit of Cornette stuff across decades, mm-hmm. he has very much had a, a, a selection of cue cards that he has used for wrestling shows for a long time, hasn't he? That is true. I mean, uh, I, I mean, even Lola repeats jokes. Everybody has the ones that they like. I mean, during the pandemic, I was watching like a, a lot of the old Dean Martin roasts on YouTube because I love Don Rickles. Just like trying to find Rickles bits from those shows. He repeats jokes so many times, but because his Don Rickles are funny every time, like he, even though you know what's coming, it's just his delivery and all that. It's you have your bits, we have our yeah, bits. You know, we have our go-to's. You know, our push-button lines. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm probably doing a, a, a mm-hmm. great disservice as I sit here going, "Welcome, everyone." <laughs> I just, I just, I hear that Kiwi boot polish line. I think in every decade, <laughs> it's still a good line though. I mean, yeah, and I'm surprised he never got a Kiwi shoe polish endorsement out of it. Should have. he pushed them so hard. He should. He really, really should have done. I mean, Vince keeps saying, what a maneuver. <laughs> that's, that's true. One thing that Cornette has been is consistent. Yes, and and if nothing else, he, he makes what we're watching sound like this epic gladiatorial battle. And that is great to hear. Like, it's... And as I like Sean on commentary, but there was certainly an element of Sean putting himself over a lot of the time. Um, with Cornette there, the focus is on getting over what's in the ring. Cornette is basically is basically if you were antagonistic, 
because you're professional and you put the action over. Sean is me showing up five minutes before taping zone. All right, what are we doing? <laughs> like, that's, that's a very good show. Like, oh, this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> really, Finch, you're still pushing him? <laughs> He's got a freaking shock strap on his head. Who's about to take this seriously? <laughs> I had to. Um, I, obviously, me and Matthew do. You know, before before the world caught fire, mm-hmm. we um, we did a lot of wrestling commentary together, and there's and it's been great to work. I love working with Math, but he's he's so like wired <laughs> to to pick up on botches and stuff. Of course, but if something doesn't go right, he's just like, oh, you ruined that, blew that. Like, don't don't acknowledge it if you can. Like, let's <laughs> tell this story. <laughs> don't say something, mate. Don't say when something's shit. Because we're paid to get it over. Please. <laughs> let's not. Let's call it shit after. Please tell me there was a, at least one moment where somebody clearly screwed up and then all the fans turned and looked at Matthew as if to gauge his reaction. <laughs> like Every time. Every every time at North. For, whenever whenever somebody screws it up, there's a Botchamania chant that rings out. And, I, and, and one the, day I hope to look over and see Matthew waving like the queen. <laughs> he, he's the grand poo botch <laughs> so, so back to this match which has had no botches and has been excellent mm-hmm. Sean works a long sleeper and that's like the one down part of it Bulldog powers out, tide turns and of course we're back to Sean ragdolling around this in, a, in a very Shawnian fashion of course we go to commercial right then and there we come back to a double knockdown what wonderful timing Bulldog's firing up, it's getting insane let's go to commercial, we come back, oh double down <laughs> you had two weeks to edit this show <laughs> and this is what you give us this is like having a having a paper due after Christmas vacation so you spend all vacation just sloughing off and not doing it and then you throw something together like the night before <laughs> you just go oh that'll do just stick just stick that out there it's fine mm-hmm. so Sean hits the post he does his great backwards roll bump off of it Clothesline City. We get the press slam into the crotch drop on the ropes that Sean did at the Rumble, which looks like a, which looks like a lot of fun. Bulldog gets knocked to the outside. Sean takes Kyoto away as Sid knocks Bulldog into the post. It appears it could be a count-out finish, but no Bulldog gets in on six. It's not like now where it's like on the count of nine, you're three miles from the arena, and all of a sudden you come flying under the bottom rope right before ten. That cliche. <laughs> but no Bulldog gets in, he gets cradled for two. And to get right up, super kick, Bulldog is out. One, two, three. That was like one of the first real times that Sean finished emphatically with that move. I was going to ask whether this was the first time that we had a, a super kick. It's still unnamed switch in music, but we had it as a finish. And I like that the finish felt quite modern in the sense that it was like a guy who um, nearly, nearly loses by count out, but just gets in there only to lose again. Well, Sean was ahead of his time in many ways, was he not? If anything, they, it was it was funny because this week on NXT, we had something eerily similar. Like 25 years, not 15, Tom, 25 years on from that. With um, with the finish to Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai, where we had Ripley getting back into the ring at 9.99 recurring, only to get yeeted by a fucking moonsault mm. from uh, Io well, Shirai and lose one, two, three. Well, who's um who's Hunter's top deputy in NXT? Oh, would of, that uh, be pl- pl- HB Kid? 
Uh, it, might, it may be H.B. Shizzle. I'm going to try to get that name over. <laughs> but yes, uh, Sean may have a little bit of sway on how things go down there. And that's probably for the best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they had that match they had uh, Shirai and Ripley from NXT this week was, was excellent. It was probably the, yeah. the one of my favorite matches of the week. By the way, can you imagine? Just, <laughs> imagine telling someone 25 years ago who was wary of the click and their influence that one day Sean and Hunter are going to run an entire brand of WWE and everyone's going to be happy about it. <laughs> oh, I that's that's a good shout. That'd have been terrifying in like the, the mid to late nineties, wouldn't it? Oh god, is Shawn Michaels the NXT champion or something? Well, no, actually, he's not. And uh, he 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 works in gorilla position via the internet in the UK. What for the, a European Rampage tour? Well, kinda, because it's in Europe, and now there is somebody called Rampage who works there. So you're kind of right. But no, but no Commodore game to go along with it, or Amiga game, whatever the hell it was. Oh my god! I just realised. Yeah. Just realised. Now that now that our boy Ollie is is in NXT UK, you could do a pay per view called European Rampage. Yeah, you could. Oh my god! Do it. I know people from WWE listen to this. I I see you. I know you do. Do tell whoever to do that. Thanks. <laughs> Well, I mean, they had a, a UK rampage in the early 90s. Isn't that like the same thing? Oh, God, yeah, we can call it UK rampage. That's even better. <laughs> but I guess European Boy, rampage, you can do it in Italy or something. Boy, thank God my half-ass encyclopedia memory is, is here for you. Thank God. Thank God it is. Thank God it is. Uh, love rampage. We get the Bigelow Slim Jim ad after that great match, which is like a – that was like the cigarette afterwards, I guess. Yeah, and this is the thing, right? With that match, but we move on from it. Excellent, best match mm -hmm. in a while. And here is, and here is the the formula for a great episode of Monday Night Raw. Right, you get mm. two good to excellent workers, and just give them twenty minutes because then you've only mm -hmm. got twenty minutes to fill, <laughs> and the pressure's off big time. And boy, they gave us filler, the the most vanilla filler. Justin and I love talking about the WWF from the mid-90s, but it was all kicking off in WCW as well. And we could talk about it here, but there is an amazing audiobook waiting for you that does it so, so well. The Death of WCW by Brian Alvarez and R.D. Reynolds. I have two copies of it because genuinely I broke the spine on the first one that I had. So when it came out in hardback, I got that bad boy. And I've got the audiobook as well. So when my eyes can't be used, maybe I'm crossing a main road. I can continue to hear about the awful time that WCW had. And you can as well for absolutely free. If you go to cultaholic.com forward slash audible, sign up to audible, get your hands on thousands of free audiobooks. Not literally because they're audiobooks. You get a free account for 30 days. And if you love what Audible does, you can stick around. If you don't, you can cancel any time. It won't cost you a penny. And as a thank you from me to you, you can keep the audiobook that you get from us for free. Go pick a wrestling book that you fall in love with, like The Death of WCW, at cultaholic.com forward slash audible. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We've had the cigarette. We've had the main course. Let's oh, let's have this sweet, sweet dessert. I'm so excited to talk about the press conference. Okay, well, here, after that great meal, here, here's the chicken bone that we choked on. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> this is freaking awful. I'm so excited. Okay, okay so we're trying to <laughs> gussy up the F out of WrestleMania 11. We have a double alleged main event. <laughs> of Diesel versus Shawn Michaels. I'd like to point out a big part of why I was looking forward to it is one, because this is awful. And two, okay. I knew that you would be snarky as f about it. And I was like, <laughs> this is going to start my weekend the best possible way. Okay, I'm that so well, excited. I, I will do my best to live up to expectations. You, mate, you, so... you already have. <laughs> you already, with that line, you already have. <laughs> So we're we're trying to dress up Diesel Sean and Bigelow LT as best we can, which I, I just realized if Bigelow LT form team they'd be they'd be called BLT. And I would and I would, cheer, and, I would and, and I would cheer. It took me twenty five years to think of that, and I, I'm, I'm I'm sad that it took that long. Now I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. But I digress. So Vince in the voice there was like, and who better represent us than Diesel? Let's see Sean. <laughs> Brett, anyone, Undertaker, um, uh, I mean, there's just so Duke many Drosy. names. Ross, <laughs> even though he was like three here. Like, give him some edge. I'm begging you. You've got this monster named after a what makes a Mack truck go, and you have, you have, you've not just neutered. You've castrated this beast of a man. You know what this was? This was the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was just like, it was like a weird programmization of, of a world champion. It's, I thought he was making a hostage video when he was up there. Just <laughs> uh, 
I plan to go into WrestleMania 11 with the belt. I plan to leave with the belt. Sean, you cannot beat me. And abort, retry, fail. Abort, retry, fail. <laughs> it's just, he was so wooden. And even worse, when Sean got up there, and we've seen Sean for like the last few months doing commentary, he's hilarious when he just cuts he's loose hilarious. and just ends up. Sean, he's, he's reading a prepared statement. He sounds so unnatural. Like, Do you think there's part of it that, and this is a bit conspiracy theory, like that Sean would be so good let loose that it would probably turn him face. That could be part of it, but I think what it more or less was is that Vince just wanted prepared statements for the media because he wanted to control the narrative and he wanted right. to control how they came off. Because, I mean, you see, we we see today how much Vince can... I mean, we, we understand better than ever how Vince likes to have, have a hand in everything. Yeah. These two can't even be themselves. Like... I want to see what Nash and Sean will come up with for this match by themselves. And I mean, with some Vince involvement, understandably. But just, they've just, they've taken all the possible thrill out of it. But that's not even, the, that is merely the prelude to this next part. <laughs> so, so Bigelow comes out. He, he's dressed very nice, by the way. Runs down LT, he runs down football in front of the assembled media. I didn't see Melter there, unfortunately. Um, apparently, Vince calls this one of the most crowded press conferences ever because they're inside the Hard Rock Cafe. This is this isn't like a civic center. <laughs> this that that line, I've written that line down. Like, <laughs> I I am in awe. I am in awe of how this company, during its lowest time still puts out this, look, we're massive, when you can just look ahead and go, you're not. You're in a you're in a restaurant doing a press conference. And, like, it's the most crowded. Yeah, if you'd had it in a phone box, it would have been the most crowded. <laughs> I think they were in, like, the breakfast nook. <laughs> like, if the fire marshal showed up right then and there, he would look at this and would have said, uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Disperse. We had a great hour there. We had to be out by 12 because there was a party of six coming in. <laughs> yes, they were celebrating uh, someone's, someone's retirement from um, I don't know, Sloman Shield or something. <laughs> so LT comes in. Of course, he, he's dressed in the sevens. He calls Bigelow, and this is an exact quote, an Easter egg. <laughs> It got a laugh, to be fair, from the assembled <laughs> press. I, I sat and pondered that line for a moment. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, is it because he is because he's dumpy like Humpty Dumpty, or is it because uh, he has dye on his head? I, I, it's I, the I paint on his head, exactly. isn't it? It's copy. <laughs> oh, I, I suppose it could. Be. And, and LT assures us that the reason he's getting into the ring is because of the Rumble incident. And, and the money. Don't forget the ass load of money, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. So we get the big stare down without Dana White there to stand between them. And then at the very end, LT kisses Bigelow on the cheek and walks off. <laughs> Why Bam didn't stomp his guts out then and there, I don't know. <laughs> um, a line by LT that 
I remembered before even the press we even watched this this week. It's just a a weird line. I'm gonna go out there like a bunch of crazed dogs, and I'm gonna have me some fun. Well, that's like. <laughs> I think that kind of just flew past me because, like, I hear very to that line of like every UFC weigh-in ever. It's like, 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 yeah, man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a kick his ass. I'm the best in the world. Ain't, ain't nobody gonna stop me. And there's all that, you know, the high volume trash talk that you get. It's like to me, it's just white noise at this point. <laughs> and also, I noticed. I think there. Were, I think now, unless like you tell me otherwise, Justin. <laughs> I think there was a. Um... What we call in uh, in the voiceover world a dropped take in the video package. Don't know whether you picked up oh. on that. Because there was I a bit where not. Todd Pettengill was saying, and up next to the podium was the star of New York, New York Giants, Lawrence Taylor. He said New York twice with a really unnatural pause between them, like he gave it another run up. You sure you didn't say New York football giants? Um no, I don't think he did. Okay, because um, that's like the nickname version for them. They call them because the Giants of baseball used to be in New York, so they call them New York baseball Giants, New York football Giants, and then just became like part of the parlance. I mean, if they put in a drop take, then I mean they did it for a video game once when Lawler had a drop take that they, they kept in for commentary. I can't remember which year that was, but I remember it was hilarious when someone posted it. But um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me given the horrible editing on this show. Yeah, it seemed like there was um, there was a little something there. It was uh, this is. Can we talk a bit more about the behind the scenes on this? <laughs> well, I have I, I have the observer up. So if you want to peruse some of the I've, words, I've got, some, be... I've got the I've got bits that I've ripped from the observer. Okay. Hang on, let me just uh, let me pull it up for you right now. I'm thrilled to go over this. Absolutely. Right. So. Let's talk about some of the beautiful blunders from this press conference. Um, mm -hmm. WWF said it was an open to the public press conference. Uh -huh. 500 wrestling fans turned up on the day to be told they weren't allowed in. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. Because <laughs> they'd advertised it on the show. Um, mm -hmm. they, they're like, oh, we'll come along. And then they all got turned away. <laughs> Well, I'm going to assume that was, I'm going to assume that was so they could say we had to turn away 500 fans because it was so crowded in there. <laughs> I guess I mean they could have spun it like that, but they, <laughs> I might have missed it if they did. Um, so, from the Observer, it was almost laughable how many major errors were involved. The New York Daily News supposedly broke the story with an exclusive on the 26th of February, despite everyone within the wrestling business and several other newspapers having already reported this five weeks earlier. So <laughs> well done. So basically, so it's basically like when, um, when Dave Meltzer tells us in November, like, okay, they're putting Batista in the hall of fame next year. And then it, it comes January. And it, as first reported by Bleacher Report, Batista is going to the, like, like you asshole. We know. <laughs> Bunch of assholes. <laughs> credit, credit Dave. <laughs> I dare you, you cowards. <laughs> Mike Johnson, PW um, Insider reports. No, that, that won't happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> this led to media all across the country 
all following in Daily News footsteps, reporting not just um, the wrong date, but the heavily inflated figure of $500,000 for Lawrence Taylor's fee. So this is the one newspaper that reported it, gave the wrong date and the wrong price. But because they were everyone wanted to be caught short, they all just went, oh, we'll just do that then. It was corrected once the press conference was held at the Harley Davidson Cafe. There was a lot of media there. It was very crowded. But that's because the Harley Davidson Cafe is relatively small and you probably shouldn't have mm -hmm. a press conference. Certainly not in the nook. Um, clips of the press conference aired on sports reports throughout the US and um, they adjusted the, the fee for Lawrence Taylor. Um, here's a few thoughts from some of the Associated Press who were at the event. Um, we had, okay, who's Anderson? And Dave Meltzer mentions Anderson. I think that's Dave Anderson from one of those New York papers. I'm not sure. I can't remember which one, though. Right, cool. Dave Anderson, who is one of the country's best-known sports writers, wrote that mm -hmm. Lawrence Taylor would be accepting permanent damage to his dignity. The dignity that dominated his career as a Giants linebacker. For all of his sacks, no quarterback ever accused him of a cheap shot. But now, he'll be involved in a cheap stunt that evolved from his ringside presence at the Royal Rumble. As if um, appearing on a show that is all involved, while not readily admitting it's scripted, isn't denied either, is any different to appearing in a bad movie, says Dave. Which is a good point. Well, I mean, if if Dave Anderson thinks that was going to be a dignity uh, killer, you know, wait, wait until his autobiography comes out, where he, where, he, <laughs> where he admitted to hiring prostitutes and sent them to the, the hotel rooms of, of opposing players in order to wear them out before the game. The night before. <laughs> which uh, I'll admit, you know... It's, brilliant <laughs> surely some people wrote nice things about this well a few of the companies like usa today were in the pockets of wwe said nice things about the press conference wait 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 wait, wait, wait slow down you're telling me that there are media outlets who give favorable coverage of the wwe because um they're in bed with them surely i you... know right you're... what a crazy concept you're kidding me <laughs> come live now Livid. No. Newsday is not one of them, though. Bob Glauber wrote about WrestleMania and Lawrence Taylor saying that this would be the most embarrassing moment in the life of Lawrence Taylor. This is the press conference building your biggest event of the year, advertising Lawrence Taylor in the main event. Wait, wait. Everybody is... <laughs> most embarrassing moment of, of LT's life. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Flip it, act. The you times are a change. You don't know. <laughs> just you wait. Howard Stern was there. Todd Pettinger was right when he said even Howard Stern was there. He was there. And afterwards, he went on his radio show and for nearly half an hour ripped it apart. <laughs> <laughs> Making fun of the wrestlers and WWF's PR head, Steve Planamenta, who apparently has a silly yes. voice. And he then spent five minutes taking the piss out of Todd Pettingill. You know, as an Opie and Anthony fan, I, I, I guess I, I like Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> Has he gone up we, in your estimation Todd. now? Um, well, I don't think Stern himself was there. I, I think he just maybe got audio from one of his um his his lackeys there. It's quite possible. Uh Right, but fair enough. I, I, I'm looking at the stuttering John questions that he asked. Um, what was it? Asked uh, asked LT, which um, some of these are like really over the line, even for like that era. 
<laughs> like just Jesus. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even gonna touch him. <laughs> let's just say it, it's it's edgy radio humor that um, if this stuff was uttered today, he'd be trending on Twitter in about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, stuttering John Melendez. That was. There's a name from a time. <laughs> so those are some of the notes that I got from it. Um, essentially, badly run, and and the reaction was was so far away from what they were hoping for the biggest show of the year that it's actually hilarious. I don't, I don't think we'll be seeing Diesel hosting Saturday Night Live before the big event. <laughs> unfrozen caveman champion i'm just a caveman <laughs> your written promos confuse me <laughs> so uh so, um i loved it what did you think of it i mean it's it was entertaining for the wrong reasons <laughs> it's just it's um it's like watching a free fall while they think they're flying I'm flying. I'm flying right before they hit the right before they hit the power line. <laughs> so, uh, we have... I mean, bless them. Good. They're they're in they're in a difficult spot at the moment because like love for the company is so far down, and it's just and and I get that you want to keep up appearances. I get it. I get it. It's WWF are currently doing um, that thing where they no longer shop at Waitrose. They're now shopping at Aldi. And they're trying to keep up appearances by putting things in a Waitrose bag. And it's that idea that they've downgraded, but they still want to be seen as the, the worldwide leader. And, uh, and, and and it makes for some rough viewing at times. This was a great example of it. Yeah, it's um, trying to dress it up. You know, I mean, it's like it's in Hartford, which is near New York. And to me, that kind of sums the whole thing up. Hmm. We do run through the celebrities who are going to be at WrestleMania, which we know th two matches at this point, and we learn a third later sort of offhand. But we know what celebrities are going to be there because that's more important. Pamela Anderson, okay, that's a good get. And this is in addition to LT, which is a, a reasonable get. John Turturro, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Nick Turturro, star of NYPD Blue. Okay, that's um, calling him the star of the show. It's like <laughs> saying that the star... It's like saying the star of Cheers was the photo of Coach on the wall. <laughs> I mean, it was for some people. <laughs> well, Coach was great. He died too soon. Mm -hmm. um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement, which, okay, for like a kid celebrity, he was kind of big at the time. Like, he was like a teen idol in some way. So I, I do get that. I wasn't a fan because that was one. I was one of those kids that just saw that, like, like, uh, you know, you know how it was. Girls, girls yeah. love a boy, and then you, and then you think they're think they're a dork. Um, Jenny McCarthy, who would go on to become the focal point of the final ever episode of Saturday Night's main event through her through her Generation Rescue charity, which has earned criticism for its anti-vaccination message. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So yeah, she's gonna be at WrestleMania 11. Yay! As, as is the alternate alternative rock band Fishbone. 
spoiler, they did not show up. <laughs> Sadly, Fishbone has had to cancel. <laughs> Fishbone is the Buddy Landell of bands that they no showed. What was the what was the excuse they gave? Did they just go, "Nah, mate, you're all right. I can't be bothered." I uh, I I don't know if if there ever was an excuse. If there is, we'll perhaps find it in these upcoming observers. Maybe they're giving like the wrong directions. So here's Fishbone cover band exposed gills. <laughs> here's a Fishbone cover band. You wish bones. <laughs> So after after all these staggering announcements that, that have left me unable unable to know how to feel, we are told by Vince, don't go away because Trosy's because Duke Trosy's facing Stephen Dunn, which I feel is a contradiction of some sort. <laughs> it's so it's so strange to go from like I don't want to say glamorous because it certainly wasn't a glamorous press conference. No, was... but a glamorous press conference to do Drosy versus Stephen Dunn. <laughs> We're putting on a tuxedo to eat Uber Eats off of paper plates. <laughs> yes, that's it. That is exactly. <laughs> and also, Bob Backlund's going to be in action, and I made sure to write down Bob's entire backstage promo, which appears to be in a high school gym. <laughs> where he says, because of my perspicacity, I'm going to prognosticate that I will land base another plebeian right now. Hooray! Big words. He used perspicacity, which is nice. I had to Google to perspicacity. I think Lisa Simpson said that once on the um on the PTA Disbands episode. I've lost my perspicacity. And Hammer goes, well, it's always in the last place you look. <laughs> so we can add for the second annual fan fest which okay that's like the precursor for access bob backlund versus buck quartermain this match was five minutes long about three minutes longer than it needed to be it was very technical though it was quartermain was actually a pretty good wrestler he just i was gonna ask you why like nothing really came of him because Decent enough wrestler, looks good. Like, why did we never get more from Buck Quartermain? Well, I mean, we we have seen enhancement talents that had ability like him, uh, Ramblin' Rich Myers, guys like Bob Cook could have contributed to the company in some way. Rip Rogers, even though he was an older wrestler at the time, it's just they're seen at a certain level. Maybe they just figure that you know they've already been typecast for what they are, and that's what and that's all they're going to be. Meanwhile, they give Alda Montoya the jockstrap. After, after he, he, he was highly capable P.J. Walker for a time. Glenn Ruth became Thrasher later. It's just, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. It's just the way it is. So we learned during this match, which is, like, the commentary barely pays any attention to the match at all. It's, um, we learned that LT has assembled his all-pro team of football greats are going to be in, in his corner. We learned that Reggie White, okay, Chris Spielman, okay. Steve Mongo McMichael. <gasps> da, 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 da. Mongo! <laughs> Mongo, daddy! Literally, never mind this shit. Here comes Mongo. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Mongo's coming to Mania. Not just that, but, but he, he will do a guest spot on Raw commentary in the next few weeks. I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
This Mon- is where the he gets the bug. <laughs> Mongo is tied for the first man to ever do commentary on Bivarol and Nitro with Bobby Heenan. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> it's it's, it's something else. Mongo. So it's um, we get a lot of arm work in this match, and and this is the part where Cornet utters a, a rather infamous line, where he's talking about how tough LT would have to be to beat Bigelow. And if you remember why Cornette resigned from the NWA over the past year, it's because he uttered a similar line during a Trevor Murdoch match that word choice just definitely does not fly today, and it's actually kind of amazing that he flew in 95, where he was talking about LT would have to be bad enough to, and I'm paraphrasing here because I can't, I didn't write it down, but it was strap a bucket of fried chicken to his back and drive across Ethiopia. Which, That's um, a line that we're getting whew. sacked 20 years later. Uh, yeah. Years later. So it was something that was in his um, arsenal for many, many years. I, I think of when, when, when that happened with, with NWA and, and, and the Trevor Murdoch match, that someone said he actually used that back in the 80s also. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. It would, it would be in keeping. Kiwi boot polish, this one. It's all from, mm. the, uh, from the roller decks of Cornettisms. Yeah, they're like... I knew it was coming at some point because I remember someone saying that he did it on Raw in 95. And I'm thinking, when I saw my commentary, I'm like, is this the show? Is this the show? And boom, during a Bob Backlund match of all times. <laughs> you, also said, you also made... Um, there, was some, there was a little bit of homophobia from Cornette here as well. Which, I noticed. Which line was it? It was just as... Um, I'm going to try and remember it correctly. I might need to pull up the network again because all my notes say is a homophobic comment from Jim Cornette. Did it have to do with, um, a, with LT kissing Bigelow? I seem to think it was to do with LT kissing Bigelow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> some of this stuff just, just doesn't age well, does it? It, re- and, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. I want to see. If it was. It was. If I remember correctly, it was as Mr. Backlund was making his way to the ring where he dropped in the line in question. I'm just going to take a quick look here and see. Uh, talk about the press conference. And uh, not only kissed Bam Bam Bigelow, he kissed another man on national television. And my face is getting red right now. That's the line. It's like, it was said, and it said with such, such bile. It's so, it's so out of its, it's, it's, it's so, it doesn't age well at all. I, I guess maybe the only defense of it is that he said he, he could have been saying that you know he invaded his space by doing that. Possibly, but, possibly. But I mean, there's there's two ways you could think about it, and uh, maybe they're both right. Mm. There was some other commentary stuff. I think the, the real focus of this match was was some good techers from Backlund and Quartermain, which was lovely to see. Oh yeah, it was it was a but, fine match, but it wasn't it wasn't really all that exciting. No, but the commentary was interesting. So we had a couple of lines by Cornette that pricked our ears up. And what a way to announce a major match for WrestleMania. Yes, we are at this point 27 days away from the biggest show of the year. We, have, we just showed a press conference that confirmed two matches. Now, I'm old enough to remember. Here, 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 here comes an old man tangent. The, the main is of the early 90s and late 80s when uh, they would have like eight matches announced by mid-February. Where you just, 
because TV was done so far in advance that you knew when it, everything that was going to be happening. 27 days out, and here, here comes the third match, which is casually dropped in. Oh, by the way, Brett's facing back on another night quit match. How emphatic. Just drop it in. It's just, it just seems so, such a shame to, and it was done like, you know, like Vince did it in a, in a, in an attemptedly really cute way with him going, oh, I'm just getting word that, oh, it's going to be Bob and, and Brett in, in what was this, a, a submission, an I quit match? It's like, what? All right, mate. There's, there has to be a better way. There's a million better ways you could have got to this point. Oh, absolutely. And it's just... It feels... Do you know what I would have done? Do you know what I would have done? If, if it's a case of... If it's a case of... You, you, you haven't got any more TV time or whatever. You can't... You, Brett's not there or whatever. Could you not have had the Backland submitting Buck? Making him say, I quit, Mr. Backland. And then just cut to a video of Brett. Just saying, hey, he thinks he can make people, you know, he thinks he can push people around and make them say, I quit. Well, you won't be able to make me say I quit. In fact, I challenge you at WrestleMania and you go from there. That's a much, that's a nicer way of doing it. It puts the energy into Brett, throwing it out to Backland. Vince saying it like it's, and I, I also get the idea that you're doing it as like, this is, this is a show that's happening. Like it's rolling news as it's happening. You want to give that impression that, it's it's live and, and and stuff's being broken, but we know it's not. So don't mm. like that's we're not watching. I don't watch a TV show because it's live. I watch a TV show because I like the TV show. The draw also, is very rarely that it's live. And also, you're at the part of the show where you're kind of just like picking through the leftovers. Where you've already had the main course of that opening match, and you had this press conference that. I don't know how you feel about it, whether it was silly or whether it was or got you hyped for Mania or not. At this point, mm. at this point, you're kind of just like you're coming down off the high a little bit, and you're just like like a Brett Backlund match, even though it wasn't great at Survivor Series, and and I don't think they've been physically linked since uh getting beaten up since attacking each other at the Rumble like seven weeks ago, and you're just casually dropping it in during a an enhancement squash. It's just. This feels all wrong in just so many ways. Mm-hmm. So we, we get an OP chant for back, which sounds very fake. <laughs> like they had five guys go to the studio and chant it, and then, and, and then they just, like, dubbed it in somehow. They're obviously very keen to get this particular chant in for whatever reason. Well, because, you know, people in 1995 know who Opie is. Not That's... the radio host, but Ron Howard as, as a child actor. <laughs> so Quarterman gets some offense in. But no, he falls victim to the chicken wing. And Buck Quarterman, God bless this man, to get this WrestleMania match over, he screams, I quit, as though a job offer depended on it. God love him. Back and keeps keep apply after the match because he's sadistic and nuts. May have, and takes Buck out, and he's getting ready to uh, possibly do the same to Brett at WrestleMania. We don't know. Speaking of Brett. <laughs> We have a plug for next week's episode of Raw. With you see, the theme for this match is bad blood, and when I say bad blood, I mean bad blood, bad blood, bad blood. The way they did this very <laughs> that elementary echo is video. something else. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was like their first day figuring out how to do the echo effect, and still, and like we get, we have to use this, and they haven't really perfected it yet. <laughs> Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler. With a video that is full of footage from two years ago, 
because after Lawler's um, legal issues, we're, we're, we're finally picking the feud back up again. While Brett is getting ready to face Bob Backlund at WrestleMania, and, and while Brett has been accused of being racist toward Hakushi, Brett has three feuds going on at once here. Jeez. Four if you count the office's apathy. <laughs> is it me or are they just all over the place this week they they seem very cluttered uh whether or not they've just their eyes been off the ball and they've just been focusing on this presser i don't know it does seem quite cluttered yeah. though oh, but the, the one thing the show, yeah it was point. were you just as excited because again i'm um because i'm coming into this like no pun intended raw so all this is new like these episodes are new to me so i have not kept up with like the story behind lots of this and the intricacies so i'm watching a lot of this so imagine my ears when we go into a break with jim Cornette mm -hmm. saying yeah bret hart is a racist like what did i did i miss a raw like have i missed an episode why why is this a thing and then the video package bad blood bad blood bad blood that starts, I go, hopefully they'll explain it here. Jerry Lawler going, Bret Hart is a racist. Right. Well, no one's told me why Bret Hart's a racist. Well, actually, they did explain it two weeks ago on Raw. I must have missed it. It was right before the King's Court where Sean introduced Sid. When, when Lawler was talking about how, how Bret won that, you know, like, like award of the people or whatever the hell it was. And apparently they didn't count the votes from Japan. So Lawler was going on and on about how, like, like you know, Brett must have made that where they didn't count it. Like, Brett, you're a racist for doing that. And he's trying to, it's one of the dumbest shoehorn ways to try to sort of rekindle a feud ever. Right. Okay. Well, that's on me then. That, that, I, Vince and Co., no, no, I take no, it time, back. Time, your, time. your, your weaved it's storytelling okay. is excellent. It's okay. Sometimes after watching an episode of Raw, I will bash my head in the wall in order to forget what I just watched. So. <laughs> it is totally it's understandable. Know, <laughs> it was worth it was worth forgetting U.S. history for, but at least I don't, have, I, don't have, I don't have these horrible memories in my mind anymore. I just find it amazing that this is because I because I ended up like very much somebody with. We, like I, very much, I now feel like um like a a podcasting version of the guy from Memento because I ended up like going to wrestlecraft.com to get a, an update as to literally I have a section in my notes called so why is Bret Hart a racist and <laughs> it details as to what happened and even when I read it I went I don't remember seeing that on Raw <laughs> maybe it's cut from the network but um it's of all the like. <laughs> Of all the ways, of all the ways we can reignite this feud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have had, um, actually, I can't, I can't think of anything better, so I'm, I'm just going to defer to their crappy instincts. Apparently, that's what they thought. They thought, well, the only way to get Lawler and Brett back together again is for Lawler to call Brett a racist. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Well then. I oh Jeebus. <laughs> Duke the Dumpster Drosy versus Stephen Dunn in our alleged Hooray. main event. <laughs> we get we have this nice nice close up shot of the trash can for some reason. I'm not sure why. Jim Cornette plugs Duck Man, which is a great underrated show. Absolutely. Jason Alexander at his voiceover finest. 
So Lawler calls in during the scintillating main event, which, by the way, I have no notes of any of the moves in this match, just the finish, because it, it was just as basic as it got. So Lawler apparently has proof of Brett's racism. And Larky's making jokes about Stu and Helen. And Vince Finn's like, how dare you? And hangs up on him like in, in full rasp mode. Look at that, Vince standing up for Brett. Although <laughs> Cornette does get a legitimately laugh out loud line when he says, Stu Hart is so old that when he was in school, they didn't have history. <laughs> that's a good line. That, that is, was a good line. That's pretty funny. So that's all the news I have before the finish. The finish is Duke hitting the trash compactor on Stephen Dunn. I just made the note to say that, well, the, the uh, Vince McMahon hanging up on Jerry Lawler was quite funny. Like, just the, and it, it's just because it's just so hokey. Like, Vince so angry that Jerry Lawler was with what he was saying. I'm going to hang up on you. Goodbye. <laughs> um, also, I also put trash compactor, brilliant finisher. Let's not forget. Mm-hmm. It is a great finisher. It great is. Great finisher. And also, at the, actually, I'll let you describe what happened next because. I'd put a little bit about that next. Okay. So after the match, which was not memorable at all, which I I wrote that down, not mem- not memorable at all, Dunn snatches the trash can to, to apparently continue this angle. But then Duke promptly beats him up to end the angle. <laughs> so then Duke, in, in the course of this skirmish, the trash can gets knocked over, a bunch of crap falls out. Why does Duke bring a trash can to the ring that has stuff in it? Like banana peels and food wrappers and stuff like that. So there's there's litter scattered about in the aisleway now. Duke's now picking it up because that's what he does. He's a, he picks up trash and takes it away. But among the garbage, spliced into a little banana peel there, wedge in there, is a folded up $100 bill that Duke is now happy to have. <laughs> Apparently, they were building to a... Four weeks from WrestleMania, we were building to an angle where Ted DiBiase is courting Duke Trosi. <laughs> is that what this is? I think that I think that's where the, I believe that is where they were going with this. Wow! I mean, top marks to Ted, who knows how to to court Duke Trosi by hiding money in his bin. Now, how did he know the Duke was was going to knock it over at some point and come? Across, the Duke just eats out of it and eventually gets to the bottom of it. I mean, I mean, I mean, Duke could just pile more trash on top of it and just dump it somewhere, and a hundred dollar bill would have been in the, in the landfill. I like how this, even this bit is a sign of the times because, like, you feel like if they did something like this in 2020, it'd be like a bin full of full of dollars and he'd, be, and he'd take the, the trash can and he'd empty it out on the crowd and it'd be like a cool moment. But this is 1995. The company is, is pretty skin. So he has $100. He teases like it's going to go into the crowd. Even the crowd are reaching for it. And he goes, I'm just going to pop it in my pocket. <laughs> like they tease he's going to chuck it into the crowd. No, we need all the money we got. You, you've got to bring that $100 back. Don't lose it on the way back to the ring. <laughs> on the ring. <laughs> oh, Duke is so happy. It's because this might go right into the Duke Jersey Denny's fun. <laughs> <laughs> She's going straight towards some waffles on the way up to the next show. On the way up to, to Butthole, Pennsylvania. For the next house show. You know, there is no Butthole, Pennsylvania, but there is an Intercourse, Pennsylvania. I bet there is. And you can, and yeah, it makes sense. Because Intercourse mm-hmm. and Butthole should never meet. It's unholy. Jesus will be sad. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been told this. 
<laughs> yes, um, so have I. <laughs> so, so Duke is so happy to have this money. He's, he's, he's waving around in the ring like, can you imagine? Like, if a top main event guy is going nuts over a $100 bill. I think it's in keeping with Duke, though, because he's a bin man. Okay, I, like, I, I get that, but... He, he, does he earn money wrestling on the side? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently he's doing this for free. Like, is Duke ashamed of his wrestling career? So he just if someone asks, "What are you living?" Oh, I pick up trash. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's he's read how how embarrassing wrestling is in Newsday, so he's just <laughs> pretending to be a bin man. Ace reporter Gregory Helms reports that Duke Jerosi. <laughs> it's just this whole thing is. It's just one big microcosm for 1995. A bin man wrestler, as you as you as you Brits call him, finds a hundred dollars in the trash can and is happy. <laughs> this is like something that this is on the main show four weeks out from the biggest pay per view of the year. Like I don't know whether to laugh or cry. But <laughs> speaking of crying, we have a commercial for WrestleMania 11 starring Nicholas Turturro, who I believe his only credit since then was being in Adam Sandler's Longest Yard movie with Diesel. Um, so it's Paul Bear and Mr. Fuji at, at the NYPD's uh, police station, allegedly, and they're in the interrogation room. Bearer's in drag for some reason. A blonde wig and a dress. Which I was hoping you'd explain this to me, because... I was hoping you'd explain this to me. I didn't get it. <laughs> so I got Scooby-Doo. <laughs> apparently, Yokozuna's missing. All right, obviously, you're alert. how do you lose Yokozuna? It's just did, true. Did you look behind the Sears Tower? <laughs> it's so bears and dragon and and and, and, and to, to trying to accuse him of I don't know kidnapping him, killing him, something. Like, I don't know what you mean. And all of a sudden, in the midst of this ad, Taker's gong goes off. Lights go out. They come back on, and now Paul Bear is dressed in his usual attire. And now Fuji's wearing the drag. And the Turo hauls Fuji off, and Paul, and that was it. I'm so confused because, like, I don't, I don't understand. So, just to break this down, Totoro uh-huh. is accusing Paul Bearer of st- stealing Yokozuna. <laughs> <laughs> And, young, and Paul Bearer in drag. His his defense, his defense to to it is for the lights to go out and suddenly Fuji to be wearing the dress that he was wearing. And Totoro goes, fair cop, Fuji probably did it. <laughs> Cheers for your help, Paul. Tom, you're not going to believe I this. I mean, I could believe this, but, Rest- but WrestleMania 11 was the least bought WrestleMania of all time to that point. <laughs> no way! I, I know, right? I just, I just don't understand. What they, I, just, I, I wonder whether Vince wrote this while he was a bit tired. <laughs> because when I, no, no, when I work long hours, I sometimes lose track of what I'm writing. It's... Uh... I, 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 even, just don't I, understand. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand what the point of this was. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it 
has like a Bruce Pat connotation to it, doesn't it? Like, you'll have to, in... I don't know. I don't know what a Bruce Pat connotation is. You'll have to run that one by me, my friend. Bru- Bruce Pritchard Pat Patterson humor. Oh right, I thought Bruce Pat was a person. My head's so jarred by, by this <laughs> stupid segment. Who's Bruce Pat? John, John, what would Bruce Pat look like <laughs> in a holy abomination? <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's like <laughs> let's put him in drag. It'll be funny. That's, that's an easy yuck yuck. Milton Brooks were addressed all the time on on on, on his old uh, Texaco Star Theater, and it got big laughs. He was Mr. Television, right. you know. But I feel like that's that's where that's where the thinking to this bit big they went. Let's do a skit where Nicholas Totoro is asking Paul Bearer where the Undertaker is, but but Paul Bearer's in drag, and they went, "Yeah, let's do it." And then everybody got together to film the segment, and they went, "Ah, oh, bugger." Um, we didn't write how it ended. <laughs> Quick, any got any, anyone got any ideas? This is like evening at the improv comedians playing Mad Libs. It, it, but but on a really off night. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They're not funny to begin with. <laughs> but I'm I'm talking less not funny. It, it was um I don't know how you how you would categorize that except look. I guess, I mean. I would say it was an attempt at abstract humor, but WWE doesn't do abstract humor. It does hit you over the head with a shovel humor. So this isn't, this is both off brand and on brand because this, this sort of level of, of, of humor with celebrity guests is pretty in keeping without WWE rights, but it's just so weird. Tom, didn't you say this was a good show? It was the first twenty plus minutes, fantastic. The press conference, hilariously bad. You know what this Everything was? This was full metal. That. This was full metal jacket. <laughs> in, 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 in which, if you watch the first half, it's one of the five greatest movies of all time. If you watch all of it, I watch half a great movie. <laughs> yeah, this is half a great movie. So. Next week, Bret Hart versus Jerry the King Lawler. We and we end on a highlight package, which is mostly pre- like like here's here's highlights of Raw. Eighty percent of it is press conference footage, plus Sean winning, and our parting shot is Duke holding up the money. That's the last thing they want you to see. Exactly before the episode ends. That's it's the hammer Duke with the money. <laughs> <sighs> that was Raw. Damn. Oh, in more that than was one a sense. journey, mate. Um, I sat through that. I, as I said, brilliant opening, brilliant first third. Sean and Brett, sorry, Sean and Bulldog, send them out there, let them go wild. Great time. Mm-hmm. The press conference, like awful for all the right reasons. We- it then dipped in the middle, and then we had that thing at the end. <laughs> that thing at the end. Mm, this is a this is Ow. a mixed bag. <laughs> Very, very apt. How long till WrestleMania now? Uh, just a few shows away. See, That's next week is, we've got the March 13th show coming up next. I'm not sure if it was a role for March 27th or not, because that might have been uh, like the WrestleMania special, like, like, like re-aired on that night. So we'll, so either we have two roles till Mania or three roles till Mania, but either way, Mania's coming. It's like, oh. it's like winter, but much harsher. 
<laughs> and as you get yourself strapped in and and warmed up by the fireplace for this winter of our discontent. He is at JRH Writing. I am at Tom Campbell. Together, we are at Cultaholic. Don't forget to join us. You see, Fuji now being in drag means that he stole the... <laughs> he stole Yokozuna. That's, that's, how, that's how crime works. Love you, bye. 